No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. As Pharaoh resisted God, God turned up the heat, judging Pharaoh, the Egyptians, and their gods with more plagues. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. Pharaoh had asked the question, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Now God was proving to Pharaoh just who he was and what he could do. In the process of demonstrating his mighty power to all Egypt and to his own people Israel, the Lord was also judging the Egyptian false gods. He was showing himself superior to these demon gods that had deceived the Egyptians and were even becoming a problem to his own people who were slipping into idolatry. In the first plague, God turned the waters of the Nile River to blood. Now it was time for round two. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 8. And the Lord spoke to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into the houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come up on you, on your people, and on your servants. One of the most beautiful temples in Memphis was the temple to Heka, the frog-headed Egyptian goddess. Frogs were considered sacred in Egypt, so Once again, this was a judgment against the Egyptian false gods. I can't imagine what it would be like to have such a frog infestation that they were in every room of your house. Everywhere you stepped, you'd smash a frog. Just last week, I was asleep when suddenly I woke to a screech. It was my wife. She saw something in the other room and got me out of bed and I looked, I didn't see anything, and suddenly I saw this little tiny, I think it was a mouse, it moved so quickly, went under the door, it was so small. So since then, I've been trying to catch it, and I can't. But that was just one mouse. Imagine frogs everywhere, even these green, slimy creatures hopping in bed with you. But the clincher was that they would get into the kneading bowls where they would make their bread. Now, I've heard of eating frog legs, but never frog bread. Verse 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. Where did they all come from? We don't know. God doesn't tell us. 
But let's think about this. If God created the heavens and the earth with his all-powerful word, then it was nothing for him to call up some frogs out of the waters to hop onto dry ground. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. The magicians with their secret arts brought up frogs onto the land. Was this sleight of hand? I don't know. One thing I do know, if they were on my payroll, they would be looking for a new job. I mean, who needs more frogs, right? Verse 8, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honor of saying, When I shall intercede for you, for your servants, and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses, that they may remain in the river only. So he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Let it be according to your word, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God, and the frogs shall depart from you, from your houses, from your servants, and from your people. They shall remain in the river only. Now, this was the first time Pharaoh showed any signs of weakening. Evidently, the frogs were really beginning to get to him. He called for Moses and Aaron to pray and ask the Lord to take away the frogs. He promised that he would then let the people go to sacrifice the Lord. Moses took it one step further by giving Pharaoh the honor of naming the time when the frogs would be destroyed from the land and only remain in the river. And in this way, it would be clear to Pharaoh that Yahweh was in complete control. The point of the plagues was not to make the Egyptians suffer, but so that Pharaoh and the Egyptians would know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Have you come to know this yourself? Many people are chasing after the idols of this world. They have their sacred frogs that they worship. Some are out polishing their viper in their driveway every weekend. Others worship their pets. I have a friend, he's a home inspector, and he went into one house and the stench almost knocked him over. There were cats everywhere with feces and urine and all of it all over the house and people living there like it's okay. Something is wrong with that picture. Listen, in all your searching, if you find anything in this world that begins to compare to the Lord our God, then please let me know. As for me, at 57, I have experienced much of what the world offers, both good and bad. I can tell you that I have found nothing that begins to compare with our God, Yahweh, the one whose name means I am. Verse 12, And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. So the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the courtyards, and out of the fields. They gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. I think Old King James is, the land stanketh, or something like that. There are two things that strike me about these plagues. First is the incredible obstinacy of Pharaoh. 
Second is the incredible mercy of God to eliminate the plagues whenever Pharaoh asked Moses to intercede. Now, now if I had been God, I think I would have let Pharaoh stew in the consequences of his extreme stubbornness. But the Lord did according to the word of Moses, thus honoring his servant before Pharaoh. All the frogs died at the appointed time, thus Pharaoh knew God was in control. I can only imagine what great heaps of dead frogs throughout the land would smell like. It had to be worse than a house full of cats. Verse 15, But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them, as the Lord had said. You see, when Pharaoh asked Moses to entreat for him, he wasn't repentant. He was just sick of frogs. Likewise, many people, after they've sinned, they say they're sorry or ask for forgiveness. They may read their Bibles and even go to church, but they're not truly repentant. They have no intention of really changing. They just want the consequences of their sins to go away. Sometimes when somebody tells me that they're sorry, I question their sincerity, but I'm not their judge. They don't really know their heart. And it's not up to me to require some performance from them before I will grant them forgiveness. Jesus simply said, If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. So I must take the person at their word because I really don't know their heart. But God searches hearts. If a person's repentance is insincere, God will prove it over time. That person will be a repeat offender. As we shall see, Pharaoh was a multiple repeat offender, thus proving that he was not truly repentant. Verse 16, So the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land, so that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. The Egyptians worshipped the earth god, Geb, but the dust of the land would become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. That which was sacred to Geb, they would now despise. The translators are uncertain of the meaning of the Hebrew word that is translated lice in the New King James Version. Other versions say gnats or mosquitoes. It's safe to say that they were annoying insects. All you must do is go camping to know just how annoying insects can be. Verse 17. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout the land of Egypt. I don't know how God accomplished this. I do not see the need to explain every miracle in the Bible as some natural phenomenon. I believe that to do this takes away from the omnipotence of God. God has the power to speak life into existence if he chooses to do so. He could use natural means, but he's not limited to doing that. We know that man's body was formed from dust, and to dust it will return. The same elements that are in the soil are in our bodies. Therefore, God can rearrange the molecules of the dust and breathe life into them to form annoying insects if he wants to do so. Verse 18, Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice on man and beast. 
Then the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. The fact that the magicians were unable to replicate this shows that there were limits to their power. They were forced to admit that this was the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had said. The magicians could see that God did this, so why couldn't Pharaoh? This is a great mystery of how hard Pharaoh's heart was. He was no longer listening to even his spiritual advisors. He was only listening to his own stubborn heart. Have you come to the place where you are sick of the consequences of your sin? We foolishly hold on to sin, thinking that we get something worthwhile from it. But our sins separate us from God and ruin our human relationships. God would convict us of our sins by his Holy Spirit. Will we pay attention? Will we repent? Or will we continue in our stubborn pride? God has much worse plagues in store for those who resist his truth. Don't be like Pharaoh and take the hard way. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll look at the next two plagues of flies and the death of livestock. But we'll also see how God makes a distinction between His own people and those who resist His will. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.